and welcome back to Love Curvy Yoga. <laughs> Thank you for joining us again this week. As always, if you are enjoying listening to the podcast, we would love to hear from you. So, and you can always subscribe and all of that good stuff. Um, but I love it when we see when you guys tag us in social media when you're listening. It's fun. Yeah. And we're just going to get right into our practice notes. Yes. So we just recently had a retreat here in Portland, the Curvy Life Intensive Retreat, which was the culmination of a year-long program we've been doing with some wonderful people around yoga and body acceptance on and off the mat, but particularly off the kind of life component. And it was for people who have been in their yoga and body acceptance practice for a while and we're kind of ready to see where it will lead next in their life. So my practice note is that practicing in community is so sweet. It was really great to be together this weekend and just see everybody be able to figure out what works for their body and feel comfortable and confident in doing that. Me and yeah. Yeah, it was. It was so much fun. And my practice notes for the week are tied to it. So we had the retreat in Portland. And so we flew to Portland and the flight on the way there, I was good. And we, we did like, we had a layover in LA. So we flew from Portland to LA and then LA to Nashville and LA to Nashville is like almost a four hour flight. And my low back by that point, I was just like, oh my gosh, I've been sitting for so long. My low back hurts. And just by default, like at the very end of the flight, of course, there was like 10 minutes left. I just like sat up and lengthened my spine (laughs) and leaned forward a little bit. And I was like, oh, uh, that's all I needed to do this three and a half hour (laughs) was do that. That's, and then I was literally fine. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I was just like, so yoga is good during flying. The things that you've learned in yoga can be used on an airplane. It's great after flying. I just needed to lengthen my spine and lean forward and take like two breaths and then I was fine. Use your tools, people. Use them. (laughs) It's such a good reminder that sometimes we think it's going to be complicated and sometimes sure it is, but oftentimes it's simpler than we think. It yeah. Is. Oftentimes it's not. <laughs> I didn't need to go into like a full forward fold. I didn't need to like go into the aisle and do a full forward fold on the plane. Although that would have been great too. Right. Um, I just needed to, you know, like lean forward a few inches. You, you only, there's only so much space that you can lean forward on an airplane, but it made all the difference. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to move into our main segment, and we are going to talk about ways that we let ourselves change over time. And, you know, this is all tying back to our theme of release that we're exploring this season in the stretch. And I was thinking about it because over the retreat, together as a group, we talked quite a bit about how bodies change and how we change And how we have to make peace with what has changed in our lives and in our bodies. And I was thinking about that, and that's true. But then I was thinking that on an even more fundamental level, it's really about making peace with change itself. Yeah. Because as soon as you make peace with one particular change in your body, like let's just say for me, my belly is in a little different shape than it was before I had Hazel. Yeah. So, okay, I can make peace with that 
particular piece of information about my body. Yeah. And guess what? It's going to change again because how bodies work. So almost even more than making peace with this particular change, I think it is making peace just with the fact that my body is always going to be changing, just like everyone's body is. So I'm, I'm thinking about it sort of like life as this rope that I'm sort of holding onto and letting go of. And that's often at the same time. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It's kind of like you're holding onto one thing and you're letting go of another. And it's kind of like er, a little tricky to keep hold of that rope or figure when to drop it down completely or, you know, wherever we want to extend that particular metaphor to. It's like monkey bars. Yes. Oh my gosh. I was always terrible at monkey bars. (laughs) (laughs) It is just like that. Yeah. You're so right. That's a good insight for me. And like, (laughs) I said I was always terrible at monkey bars. (laughs) I would just like try to hold on and immediately fall down. I'm going to like watch little kids now on the playground who are bad at monkey bars and be like, I know what your adult life looks like. (laughs) You have to be so strong for those things. You do have to be really strong. I would say in general that my struggle is more with staying than with changing. Yeah. For me means that the real work is in still letting the real change that is needed through instead of immediately dismissing it as like a pathology (laughs) in my behavior. Yeah. Was figuring out like, okay, I know that I'm quick to change and sometimes that's bad and sometimes that's good or that's not even a helpful framework. Sometimes it's just more or less helpful. Yeah. So I think I've overcorrected that to an extent where I feel like, oh, anytime I have an instinct to change, I'm like, oh, this is my like unhealthy behavior. Right. But it not, it's not always. No, it can't always be true. No, that's not always true. So it's finding that middle ground and trying to sort through, okay, like when, and what are the signs that help me with this? Yeah, that's really good. I think that's, that's so many of us. Yeah. Yeah. How does some of this come up for you? I mean, I think I have a tendency, I've had like a I was, as I was kind of like reading over our notes for this this week and was just thinking about change, I think that I'm always waiting for change to happen. I've had like a, a life that's changed, like since I was a kid that's changed constantly and I wasn't always aware that it was going to happen. And it would sometimes be like big things that were kind of shocking. I was off in that. And so I think what I find myself doing as an adult is processing changes before they even happen. (laughs) Um, Like trying to prepare myself for them. And I mean, I think it's good to sometimes be prepared for change, but I think I often do it in unhealthy ways that I kind of create these stories about how things are going to play out in my head. And then I prepare myself for that. Yeah. Um, And things don't often happen that way. And so I've spent like all this time and energy and often like emotion, whether it's like being worried or anxious or sad or grieving, Mm -hmm. um, something changing. And then it doesn't change that way. (laughs) You know, even I know I had mentioned a while back, like that I was grieving. I felt like I was grieving my daughter going to college, which is like a year away. And I was grieving it looking a certain way. And now it's looking like it's going to look 
a little bit different and it's like less sad than it was because she won't be as far away. And I was like, like, I really cried about this a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I really cried about her being 10 hours away a lot. And now she's probably not going to be 10 hours away. (laughs) So, I mean, that's just one example, but I think for me, the work is in like, letting things happen as they happen and not preparing myself for change that hasn't even started to come yet. Yeah. I think Renee Brown talks about that as dress rehearsing tragedy. Yes. This, yes, this is what I do. I relate to that so much. Yes. Like when are you like in a happy moment, things are good. And then you're like, yes. When is the other shoe going to drop? When is the bad thing going to happen? Yep. Totally. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Some others for me, so I mentioned when my body changed after having Hazel, one of the very first things I did, I was like probably six weeks postpartum. I remember because Nick's dad was here and that was like around the time he was here. Yeah. I was like, I have to go get new clothes like right now because my clothes were not fitting. I did not feel good. And I was like, I do not need to add feeling bad about my body onto being immediately postpartum. <laughs> like, right. 100%. It's, much, it's not necessary. So I just went to the store and I got a couple new pairs of jeans and a couple new bras and like life was golden after that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, we have talked at length about how hard it is to ma- get new jeans. So that setting that aside, <laughs> Once I did, I was like, oh, this is good. Yes. Yeah. You're like, oh, good. I can breathe now. Yes. Right. I'm not constantly mindful of the fact that my body has changed because my pants don't fit. Right. Yes. Yes. You cannot underestimate being comfortable. No, you are allowed to wear pants that fit you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really good. I like that. I think for me, I mean, that the whole like clothing body change thing for me is key too. Um, but kind of like off the subject, maybe back to like what we were talking about a little bit ago, I think another thing that I need to remember for myself is that, um, even when change is hard in the moment, often later on, I can see why it was for the best. And that's hard. Like I wouldn't ever, if I had a friend going through a hard time, I would never like spew to them. Oh, I'm sure everything's working out for the best and it'll be fine. Like I would never say that to a friend going through a hard time, but I know for myself that, what is true is that I can look back on like the hardest things of my life and look back and see a bigger picture and know that the change that was really hard really was for the best in the end or like great things came out of it. Right. And so for me in the middle of change, like it can be helpful to just be mindful of like, I don't see the big picture. I don't know what a week from now looks like or a month from now or a year from now, but all of these things like could be working in my favor. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Hard to know where those things are going to go. Yeah. I think the same is true for me with, you know, I've had several different changes in my work over the years. I'm sure that will continue to be true. Yeah. And what I think I've been learning through all of that is letting myself follow that feeling that it's time for a change. Yeah. And not worry too much. I don't know that I can say I wouldn't worry about it at all, but about other people's expectations and what they think I should be doing. Yeah. Um, Because at the end of the day, like what else is there to trust beyond 
what you're feeling is true for you. Yeah. And I think yoga helps us feel that and hear that more and more, which is just one of many things that I love about it. Yes, I agree. (laughs) I would say, and I had to write this down because I, um, it has so many different things and I thought it was funny, but so I would say my process is (laughs) feel something. So hang hang with me listeners. This is going to take a second. (laughs) Feel something, ignore it, repress it, try to find an easier way. Pretend it's not true. Feel terrible. Keep feeling the nudge. Turn toward it. Get scared. Turn away. Hear it get louder. Look away. Resist. Start to explore it. Go to therapy. (laughs) Take a lot of long walks. Get on my yoga mat. Journal. Talk to my people. Slowly, slowly take the next step. Yeah. This can and often does and often has in my own life. Truly taken years. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes it's really slow for me to hear that calling and respond to it. Yeah. But what I've learned over time is that it's an unfolding and a process. Oh, that's really good. I mean, I think my process is, okay, this terrible thing is going to happen and I'm going to feel terrible, but it's going to be okay. (laughs) And then it doesn't happen and it's all okay. (laughs) Or it happens in a different way. Or if it happens that way, you were ready. I'm going to work on being as mindful as you are about my process. Oh my gosh, that's funny. That's great. One of the things that I shared at the retreat this weekend is that this year is the 20 year anniversary of um, when I started practicing yoga. Yeah. And I, I'm really feeling like it is new to me in some ways because there's more available in what I'm able to feel and hear and respond to, listen to during my practice. And it's interesting because before this time, I would have thought and did think, oh, yeah, I have like this particular level of ability to listen and whatnot in my yoga practice. It's not like I didn't, I was not able to do that. And then like I blinked my eyes and I was. Right. But it's more like just living into it and continuing to practice. I'm like, oh, there's like all of this here that I didn't even know and could not have known was here until I just kept showing up for it. And I think yes, because it's the unfolding. Yeah. It's that thread we were talking about or that rope earlier of just holding on and letting go and seeing where yeah. things take us. Yeah. I love that. That's, that's really good. Anything else you want to add on this? I don't think so. I mean, I think my only other thing is for myself, um, not making assumptions that all changes and the same. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you've had like certain patterns in your life and things kind of always end in a certain way or change in a certain way, um, not kind of clinging to those things and assuming that all things unfold like that. So, right. yeah, back unfolding and just letting things happen the way that they happen and being present in the moment and you know, finding that balance of being present and being also being prepared, but not attaching 
emotion or feelings to changes that haven't even happened yet. (laughs) Yeah. Letting there even be change in your change. Yes. Yeah. That's, oh yes. That's, Ooh, I'm writing that down. That is very (laughs) good. Well, that's what you just said. I just pulled it out. So better. (laughs) That's great. Well, let us know. You can tag us on social media or send us an email or whatever uh, about how some of this sits with you and how you let yourself change. And we can all kind of share with each other and support each other because guaranteed uh, change is something we're all dealing with all the time. (laughs) All right. We are going to jump right to our Curvy Collab for the week. So my curvy collab for this week is anthropology. Full disclosure, I had never stepped foot in an anthropology until today. And I was aware that they, maybe earlier this year, had released a plus size line. Mm-hmm. And I had seen some pictures online, but I wasn't super, like none of it spoke to me. And so I hadn't really paid attention. And I was going to be in a part of town this morning where we had an anthropology and a friend needed something. So she was like, hey, would you mind so that we both don't have to deal with traffic? Would you mind picking this thing up for me? So I went in and they didn't have a huge, the plus size stuff is available online and it's only in certain stores. And so I happened to see like our little section and looked. I was actually really impressed. I think that what happens a lot of times when companies decide to extend their sizing, it doesn't stay true to the brand. And it's just like, it's often disappointing. And I'll see stuff and be like, I just wanted you to make the clothes that you make, but in my size, like you didn't have to like do this whole other thing. Like we just want the same clothes that everybody else gets. And I have to say like, there was some really, they stayed true to their brand. So if you love anthropology stuff, you will love it. It is pricey. I wouldn't personally buy something unless it was on sale, but I checked online. They go up to size 26 and yeah, 26 or three X. And the stuff was really beautiful. That's great. So if you are into like that kind of style of clothing and you haven't checked it out, you can, it's actually also, the other thing that I think happens sometimes is companies extend their sizing and then there's like five things in their plus size section. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's great. I could buy a white tank top somewhere else. Right. But thank you anyway. They, it's like a line of clothing. It's, I went and looked at the jeans online and there was probably, I don't know, 12 pairs, 15 pairs of jeans. Oh, wow. Um, tons of dresses, tons of really cute sweaters. So if you have not checked it out, you should definitely check it out. It was cute. Yeah. And who knows, maybe you'll get a discount sale email sometime. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That, I will be signing up for that. <laughs> I need a solid 98% off. <laughs> you never know. You, you never know. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay. So we're going to move into our gratitude. So mine I've already touched on, which is time with our intensive participants. And then also Liz with you and your kids. It was so fun to have y'all here at the house and in Portland and get to hear about you experiencing the city. Oh my gosh. Um, Yeah. So that's mine. What's yours? Yes. Well, my gratitude this week is for Portland and for you guys for having us. I... Who knew? I mean, you knew. We've said this. <laughs> but I was like, we're all sleeping on the entire state of Oregon. 
First of all, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, yesterday, I think the high was 63. We, we landed in Nashville last night. We landed in Nashville at almost five o'clock and it was 98 degrees. Oof. So 63 was kind of amazing. <laughs> but the city was great. There was so much food, like such good food. Like the people were so nice. Everyone drives really competently, which is a big deal. Um, I was just really impressed. We just, we had like such, we had a really, really, really good time. That's awesome. Yeah, it was fun. All right. So while I'm stressing out about people not driving well in Nashville, we're going to take a deep breath together. <laughs> Close. Let's inhale and exhale. The light in me honors the light in you. Namaste. Namaste.